Hi everyone, I'm JJ Hornblast and welcome to The Roadmap from Auto Finance News since 1996, the leading news source on automotive lending and leasing. This is our weekly wrap for what's happening in auto finance for February 16, 2016. Uh, a great thanks go out to our advertisers, Exeter Finance and Strook and Strook and Levan for their continuing support. So thank you to them. And so happy to be joined by Amanda Harris and Joey Pizzolatto from the Auto Finance News uh, team, editorial team. In uh, general economic news today, uh, the Dow Jones Industrial Average has increased to an all-time high of 31,584 this morning. WT Crude Futures, that's West Texas Intermediate Crude Futures, hovered near one-year highs at nearly $60 a barrel on Tuesday. Uh, that's today as freezing weather in the U.S. disrupted crude production and forced the shutdown of refineries in Texas, which is the greatest producer of crude oil in the United States. And finally, in economic news, the Eurozone GDP um, shrank by 0.6% last quarter, which was less than the expected 0.7% reduction in GDP because of pandemic lockdowns. In recent days, we've continued to see earnings come to the auto finance sector. And uh, an important earnings that was released was from General Motors Financial. And the top line number there is a tremendous increase in originations uh, on a year over year basis. Um, that's both last quarter uh, as well as the full year. Um, so what's driving that uh, originations growth at GMF? Sure, I can jump in here. Uh, so yeah, like you mentioned, um, fourth quarter originations up about 25% um, year over year. And for the year, they're up about 5% to about 49.8 billion. Um, and that's primarily driven, um, according to um, Chief Executive Dan, Dan Burse, um, that, you know, they got over 2 million uh, leads from, from General Motors during the year, which um, they were able to secure um, a 73% penetration rate on that, um, which is actually really, really high when you look at kind of penetration rates to, to other captives comparatively. Um, so, so that was the number one driver, um, to be sure, on, on the, that origination growth, just that. In the penetration rate at Chrysler for Santander is, I think, in like the mid-30s, right? It is. It is. Right, ballpark. That's kind of where it hovers um, on any given quarter. So were they able to expand that that penetration rate last year, GMF? Um, you know, GMF usually breaks down their penetration rate by quarter. Um, I don't remember what their penetration rate was um, in, in 2019. That feels like an eternity ago. Um, but they did note um, that that I believe that this penetration rate is one of the highest they've seen. So, so mm -hmm. absolutely. And, you know, and just kind of looking back on, on last year, you know, we, we know that, um, you know, Ford and General Motors 
um, and Chrysler for that matter, we're all, all very aggressive on their subvented finance programs on new vehicles. Um, you know, obviously we know that those go, those are funneled directly into the captive. Um, so, so that definitely um, helps contribute to origination growth where, you know, in some other lenders, we're, we're not seeing that growth, especially larger banks. Right. Uh, a decline though in uh, floor plan outstandings, which I guess is just a sort of corollary to fewer vehicles on dealership lots rather than a reduction in penetration rate. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's, it's a product of, of few, just the inventory issues we've been seeing, right? Like there, we don't have a whole lot of new cars um, still coming, coming to dealerships, which means those are going on, on these dealers floor plan lines. Um, but you know, one thing to note, I think that, that bodes well for the industry um, in terms of that, um, you know, pain point of, of inventory is their, their dealer, their outstandings while still below last year's levels are growing from, you know, that, the trough in Q2 that we saw um, in terms of inventory. So, so that's good on one hand, but it's not you're, growing. You're talking about at GM? Yes, at GM. Right. Um, credit performance, what's your sense for that, Joey? You know, um, as expected, it's, it's still down. Um, we are seeing a little bit of uptick um, from the third quarter. Um, a lot of that I'm hearing is, is the product of seasonality. Um, we kind of heard that from Westlake as well. We'll have something on, on their year-end performance later this week to give you a preview and jump ahead a little bit. Um, but, you know, the stimulus... Uh, tailwind, um, you know, deferral programs, tailwind. Um, and, you know, I think now, you know, now that we've seen a, a decent amount of, of, of fourth quarter earnings come out and we're kind of like about to close that up, um, I think the expectation is, is no longer, you know, a surge, but rather more normalization um, into seasonality, right? Back to kind of, you know, that, that one one-ish, one, one and a half percent, depending on, you know, where you land in, in, in the, on the credit spectrum. Um, and then, you know, obviously uh, vaccine rollout, that's an additional tailwind. And, you know, now we're also talking about additional stimulus um, from the Biden administration, which will further help, um, you know, uh, push up, you know, credit performance uh, further. So I think normalization forecast, don't quote me on this, latter half of 2021, we'll start seeing that get, get back to normal. They reduced their credit loss reserves? They did. So they this did. flows into 1Q as well, Joey? Um, I'm sorry, say that again? Like that, that, that reduction for credit loss reserves, that, that applies in 1Q? No, that would, be, that would be what they did for Q4. Four. One, one Q um, we'll, we'll get in uh, March-ish. Late February, March, we'll we'll know that. Um, mm -hmm. But as a percentage of their their outstanding portfolio, um, I believe we're at uh, two point, or that is um, three point seven percent of of their outstandings. And um, mm -hmm. at the second quarter, we were looking at um, four point four percent. So the dollar amount hasn't moved that much, but as a percentage of the outstanding portfolio, it is lower, which you know always kind of indicates that they feel like they are you know, well-reserved um, for right. whatever is to come. Right. Um, 
last week was also uh, NADA's virtual show. I know, Amanda, I think you attended a bunch of those sessions. Um, let's start with, uh, I, I guess, the, the, the big news for us out of NADA's show, and that's uh, the growth rate for e-contracting. That seems like a, like a huge number. What's, what's kind of, what's behind that? Like, what are the numbers there? And, you know, what was the sort of general sense for why that's happening? Sure. Um, so the, the general kind of theme that came out of, you know, what would be pertained to us and our readership out of NATO was definitely, like you said, digital contracting, digital retailing, everything around online, you know, car sales. That's really kind of what this show's theme was this year. Um, that's kind of what we're seeing in the industry. So it's not surprising at all. Um, so one kind of example of that that came out of, of the show um, was dealer track. And so they, you know, have e-sign and e-contracting capabilities, um, you know, that dealers and lenders can use. And so they saw, you know, use of their ready sign, which is essentially e-sign, you know, tools that they can use to sign documents and things. Um, they saw usage of that increase by 135% from July to December 2020, kind of during the pandemic. Um, and then they did also see, you know, the number of deals signed with that particular platform uh, go up by about 173%. And then the number of e-signed documents created on the platform went up by 233%. Um, so that just kind of shows, this is one example of, you know, that dealers are kind of using this a little bit more and lenders are using this more. Um, they're kind of adopting, you know, more digital contracting solutions in general. And, you know, we know that that's kind of been the pain point of, of really buying a car online is being able to do the entire process through signing the documentation and everything on like a mobile device and on your computer. And that still is a challenge, but we're seeing obviously these numbers point to that more and more are adopting this and, work, and are getting comfortable with, with offering these type of tools. What's the expectation for the degree to which this will continue or is it just a sort of flash in the pan kind of dynamic where just because of what was going on people opted for the digital signatures in a short on a short-term basis so that obviously definitely accelerated it um but everyone's been telling me once you have these tools in place you're not going to go back to you know traditional ones customers can easily do this on their phone which is kind of where everything is going. That's kind of the next step in the evolution would be to, to really get these to mobile devices because that's really still, you know, kind of hard. I mean, I'm right now trying to buy a fence and I can't send the documents on my phone. I have to use my computer. So that's one of those things that is really, they're looking to kind of grow that. But, but everyone's saying that this is not going to go away. Once you have this in place, you realize how easy it is to do. Obviously you sign on with fintechs or you buy new technology or, or whatever, you're not going to go backwards and, and take those options away from your customers, right? So it's definitely going to going to keep growing, and as more and more gets understood about it, and more tools put in place to make it easier, more lenders will jump on. I mean, I would think that there's some contract contracting dynamic here, right? Like you know, uh, you, you generally these kinds of agreements are for a year. Um, so if you're going to they're going to sign on for a year, then, you know, you kind of have that capability in place for that duration of time, but with something that we should look for. 
see how kind of, you know, whether or not it, it fluct, you know, the degree to which it fluctuates mm -hmm. uh, going forward. And then also at uh, NADA, there was um, Ford's announcement regarding its online CPO marketplace mm -hmm. uh, for Blue Advantage. I mean, what is driving Ford to introduce this online marketplace? I mean, mm -hmm. other than the pandemic. Yeah. So obviously that did accelerate it, but this has actually been something in the works for Ford for quite a while. So it wasn't something that was necessarily born out of the pandemic and the pandemic actually probably pushed off the release a little bit. Um, so it's actually been in the works uh, mainly because, you know, Ford has seen an interest in, you know, customers wanting used vehicles. We know used vehicles have been kind of the shining star during the pandemic and all of that as well. Um, but customers obviously want used vehicles that are safe, reliable, and so if they are backed up by a name like Ford, they're backed up by the brand saying that these have been inspected, um, you know, they, they, they want those options. So the website was really a chance to give them both a, a one kind of digital shopping place, because we also know more customers want to shop online. So it kind of helps Ford being more of a traditional OEM, really kind of capture the customers who are a little more computer savvy, who want that online shopping experience. So it opens the door for that for one. But then it also gives them one place where they can find, you know, Ford certified used vehicles in two levels too, because they also notice that people don't necessarily want, you know, everything that comes with the gold certified, kind of the top level certified vehicle that Ford has been offering for many years. They wanted to offer kind of a lower level where, you know, they do, they're still inspected, they're still signed off, but maybe they come with a, you know, a little bit less of a warranty a little bit less of a mileage tied to it, but always, obviously the price is gonna be a little different. So they wanted to offer that option for customers who don't necessarily want everything that comes with you know, the gold top level. So it was kind of multiple facets of being able to offer just new, new things to customers in the next wave of capturing this digital kind of trend. What about the uh, Carvana dynamic? Yep, so it's obviously a way for them to compete with you know, Carvana, Vroom, the big online digital retailers that obviously saw a huge success during the pandemic because they were already poised to kind of capitalize on that. Um, but again, this has been in the works for a while. So Ford has known that this has been a trend and then they need to jump on and have an option for customers to shop with them online as well to compete with, with those kind of, you know, other, other places like Vroom and, and Carvana. So it was part of that as well. Yeah. Pricing is always an issue when you're talking CPO. There's that fine line between, uh, you know, pricing appropriately and, you know, the price kind of getting out of whack with uh, new car values or new car prices, I should say. So uh, something, I guess that's the two levels of CPO in there, uh, giving them a little bit of a pricing hedge. Um, what do we have uh, on tap uh, for the remainder of this week? So this week, um, like I mentioned, we will have um, a look at uh, Westlake's uh, year-end um, report. They are a public company, so you know we don't we don't get as 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 in-depth of a view um, as we do, say for you know GMF or Ford Credit in their in their uh, public filings. Um, but you know, I think I think not to give away the whole story, but I think it does point to kind of the health of the industry that we are seeing come out of this quarter. So, so um, please look forward to that. Um, and then we have a new uh, announcement about a new partnership with Carvana. Um, I'm not going to give that away, uh, but 
there there is there is a lender that just partnered with Carvana to to and um, advance their direct lending. Uh, so be on the lookout for that as well. Good, good. All right. Well, thank you all so much for uh, joining us. Please don't hesitate to rate the roadmap wherever you listen to your podcast. And also, of course, visit us at autofinancenews.net. Joey and Amanda, thank you so much. And thank you everyone for joining us. See you next time.